I'm Indiana Hansen, and as part of Liver Awareness Month, I'm speaking with Jen Anderson about her personal and professional experience with hepatitis C. I'm really interested in hearing about your experience of hepatitis C and also your experience as a nurse in the sector. So I'm going to start with by asking about your personal experience and then get to more broader issues of care and treatment, how things have changed within the hepatitis C space over the years and your views on hepatitis C elimination targets for the future. Can you tell me a little bit about your initial diagnosis of hepatitis C and treatment that followed? I calculate that I probably caught hepatitis C in the late 1970s. Back in those days, there was no test for it. And as is typical for a lot of people, I was asymptomatic for many years. And I would have caught that by injecting drugs, which I used to do when I was in my younger 20s. Back in those days, it was impossible to obtain clean syringes. So we always used to share syringes. You might have been able to buy a syringe from a pharmacy, but I lived in a small country town, which made it impossible to discreetly buy any clean equipment. I was diagnosed in the early 1990s just through routine blood tests, but I didn't undergo any treatment until 2012. So I had lived with the virus for over 30 years. The longer you live with the virus, um, the higher risk you have of scarring of your liver, and which can lead to liver cancer or the need for a liver transplant. So by the time I decided to undertake treatment, my liver results were alarmingly high and I was starting to show signs of fibrosis of the liver, which is what you get before you get cirrhosis of the liver, which is bad scarring of the liver. One of the reasons that I decided not to take up treatment for many years was because it was just a terrible treatment back in those days. So there was only the drug interferon and a bit later another one, ribavirin. So I put it off and put it off until I could no longer put it off because um, my liver results were getting so bad. And by then they were doing trials of new drugs, which, uh, what were then new drugs, the direct acting antiviral drugs. And I was offered to go on a trial with, with St Vincent's Hospital here in Melbourne. It was a mixture of having to take the two old, older drugs, interferon and ribavirin, but as well as that, the newer direct-acting antivirals. Even though that trial had to be pulled before I had com completed my treatment, and that was because it was a global trial and two people had become very unwell, I still achieved a cure, so I was really grateful for that. Thank you for the background. Just a couple of questions from that. Firstly, so when you were first diagnosed, uh, you didn't necessarily want to come forward for treatment because you were worried about the treatment available at the time. Do you think also being diagnosed in a regional community, did stigma come into this as well? By the time I was diagnosed, I was living in Melbourne, so it wasn't so... I was no longer living in that regional community. But I guess it was just something... Because I had absolutely no symptoms, it just wasn't important to me. When I was diagnosed, even in the early 90s, there still wasn't all that much known about hep C and what its long-term effects would be. But yes, there was a stigma associated with it as well, and I certainly didn't go around talking about it in those days. When you first got your blood results back, were you aware of what hepatitis C was at the time, or how much did you know about the virus? I didn't know very much. I didn't go looking for information because I guess I, I, I just wanted to forget diagnosis really. So it wasn't until uh, 2006, 7, 8, around that time I started looking into it more because uh, it started 
bothering me. I was having, I did have regular liver function tests just to keep an eye on it. And then I actually I joined Hepatitis Victoria at one stage, probably a bit later than that. But I started learning a lot more information about it. So I guess I needed to be ready to uh, receive the information and do something about this health condition that was giving me no symptoms whatsoever. Just to clarify, so you joined Hepatitis Victoria for a little bit. Was that before you took up treatment? Yeah, it was. I think I might have done a course with Hepatitis Victoria maybe in 2010, which was a living with Hepatitis C six-week course. You didn't take up treatment until you thought, okay, this is starting to affect me and now I need to do something about it. I think it was just 20 years. 20 years from diagnosis, but probably, you know, I could have caught the virus in the late 70s. Right. It was flagged to you that you had hepatitis of some degree. You didn't know which one yet in the 70s. And then just to go back to the early 90s for a second, who did you turn to for support at the time? Or did you kind of, would you say, brush it under the rug a little bit? Yeah, I just brushed it under the rug. I've had a long career as a musician as much as a nurse. So I've I've had a dual career. And um, in those days, I was touring in bands nationally and internationally with a lot of other musicians, many of whom took drugs or had also had hepatitis C. So in that community, it was accepted, a lot more accepted Mm -hmm. than it was in the nursing community. It was sort of like living in two different worlds. I had a brother who also had hep C and he in the, I think in the 90s, he might have gone on a trial of interferon, which is one of the earlier drugs. He went on trials a couple of times and they didn't work. So I remember sort of, you know, talking to him about that and how awful it was because interferon had so many bad side effects. It could really cause real tiredness and lethargy and depression and it was a very difficult drug to cope with. So seeing that as his sister, I suppose, do you think that would have put you off coming forward yeah. to treatment as well? Oh, yeah, it did. And I thought, well, look, I'm not as sick as my brother. I'm just going to wait and see what happens. And, mm-hmm. and then I started hearing about, you know, research into new drugs. Um, and I thought, like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll wait until they're ready. So in the end, when I did undergo my treatment in 2012, they were just on the cusp of these new direct-acting antivirals. And how how are you today? How has this changed aspects or has it changed aspects of your long-term health? Great today. Um, I'm not sure whether I carried over a few long-term side effects from the, um, not from the direct-acting antivirals, I don't think it was, but from the interference and possibly the ribavirin. I remember having a lot of brain fog during that year from those drugs, and I felt like I've never quite been able to snap back to the um, quick-thinking-mindedness that I used to have. But that just might be my own perception. That might just be me getting older anyway. Um, And the other thing was um, I feel like I've become a lot stiffer since that time in my body. But other than that, the sense of, um, relief of um, completing the treatment and it being successful is just, I can't describe how wonderful that was. And how long were you in treatment for? Uh, well, 20 weeks in the end. Okay, well, I'm pleased you got through that. That's excellent news. I'm glad mm. Looking back again to the early 90s, I'm interested to hear whether you 
feel let down by the public health system? Do you think they could have done more for you during that time in uh, like educating you and trying to get you treatment? Well, no, I don't because the treatment wasn't there in the early 90s. The good mm. treatment wasn't there. I suppose, you know, if there's anything to complain about in those years, it was the severe stigma that people who had hepatitis C faced and it was always assumed that you had injected drugs and we know, of course, that there are people who get hep C um, who've never injected drugs. Some of them have got it through blood transfusions, other people through um, unsterile tattooing procedures. But I think because of its um, association with injecting drugs, it, particularly in those days, it had a very bad reputation. So perhaps the effort, you know, with public health back in those days, you know, the people who decide on policies and what's going to be looked at may not have prioritised hepatitis C to the extent that they started to. Okay, so if you were diagnosed with hepatitis C today, treatment is a very different story. Um, oh, absolutely, But yeah. do, you, do you think in terms of being referred to relevant mental health and social support services, do you think that can still be improved today or have we also improved in that department? I think, I mean, I would be so bold as to say that hepatitis C in its treatment in itself on its own doesn't require um, social support or mental health support unless the person has other social factors going on in their life that might prevent them from being able to take the medication in the right way you know which is just remembering to take it every day because it's so free of side effects it's just such an easy medication to take i was sort of just thinking in terms of overcoming stigma when you first found out and you weren't comfortable talking about it mm. the stigma do you think that's changed today i think it has changed a lot I, I i mean i do know that people talk about there being a lot of stigma around but my thoughts on that are that the more you talk about it, the more normalised it becomes. Society's changing. It has changed a lot, I think, since the 90s. Mm -hmm. But there's still probably quite a long way to go. And now moving along to your professional experience as a nurse, can you tell me a little bit about what your job involves? In my job, I'm encouraging people who I work with, people who are really struggling with homelessness um, and uh, drug addiction and mental health issues, to test and get treated for hepatitis C and I do all I can to sort of help them through that journey. We're actually trialling a new way of testing for hep C which is a finger prick test which has results very quickly which makes it a lot more palatable for people to just have a finger prick test rather than having to have vein bloods taken. We make it as easy as possible for people to access the treatment and then we help them, you know, remember to take it and... and test them again after it's finished to make sure that they've been cured of the virus. So you were involved in hepatitis care before your own diagnosis. How do you think your personal experience contributes to your work as a nurse? It's just changed my interests in nursing. Being treated myself and successfully treated, I think really started me pivoting toward, more towards community nursing and working with groups of people who weren't as lucky as myself, I suppose. In You know, I've been brought up in a middle-class background, well-educated. I knew how to sort of work my way around the health system, make sure that I got the best treatment I could, and a lot of other people aren't so lucky. 
you know, they don't know what's out there in the way of treatment. And I was going to ask you about your views on treatments and how they've changed over the years, but you've kind of already touched on this. You seem to be pretty positive with uh, how far we've come in terms of the medicine treatment available today. I am. Yeah. Does that encourage more people to come forward and get treatment? Yeah, I think it it, it certainly does. I mean, I, I guess I've got a bit of a skewed point of view because I am working with a particular group of people. From my point of view and from the type of people that I'm working with, uh, the word seems to have spread really well um, amongst the homeless and drug-injecting community that these new easy drugs are there. Just a case of prioritising them over all the other issues, multiple issues that they are struggling with in, uh, on a daily basis. Treatments really have come a long way. It's just, it's still, there's a long way to go to treat everybody. That mm. brings me to my next question. Looking forward, um, mm. so we have the WHO's 2030 hepatitis elimination target and also our national target. The mm. National Hepatitis C strategy set for 2022, so next year, which includes, well, firstly, to reduce the number of newly acquired hepatitis C infections with a focus on priority populations by 60% and also increase the proportion of people living with hepatitis C who are diagnosed to 90%. Are targets for eliminating hepatitis C, in your opinion, realistic? Well, you've got to have a target to have something to aim for, I think. And so I think that they are realistic. I don't know that we're going to achieve the 2022 target, but we're having a really good crack at it, and that's all you can do. I think one of those targets there that you mentioned, which is making sure that 90% of people have a diagnosis, has been really helped by this new way of testing that, that I'm involved with, which is using the finger prick test. You know, and as word spreads around the community that that is an easy thing to do, that also encourages other people to, to step up and, and get tested. And would you say you're confident and happy with our national response to eliminating hepatitis C? Is enough being done? Yeah, I am pretty happy, especially compared to how it was in in the past. I think that there there does need to be a more social and compassionate response from government. Um, and I guess here I'm thinking about organisations such as supervised injecting rooms. You know, they're such a controversial thing and lots of people object to them because they don't think that money should be put into helping people who inject drugs. But others realise that this is one way to really help reduce the spread of and burden of infectious diseases such as hepatitis C because of being able to have freely available clean injecting equipment, good advice, health advice. I'm really time conscious. Is there anything you wish more people would know about hepatitis C? I mean, from my own personal experience, the the weight off my shoulders of becoming cured from hepatitis C was indescribable. Many of the clients that I've been working with, when they receive their final test and it, they've been told that they're cured of hepatitis C, they've also expressed the same thing. It's just been this joy of, oh, I didn't realise it was uh, weighing on me so much. It's just such a good feeling to be free of hepatitis C.